This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. Hey, Twitter world, it's me, yours truly. Nah, I'm just playing, man. But it's good to be back on the mic. Um, So I'm going to start with OU Texas. I watched three quarters of the game because I was officiating high school football, so I couldn't watch the game. I wanted to watch it with the D.C. alumni, be around all my Sooner folks, but didn't work out that way. I went, got the money, had an okay game. It was a blowout, so it wasn't, you know, too much pressure at the end of the game. It was fine, you know, but I watched three quarters of it, and what I noticed was, oh, you moved the ball well. Pretty much every possession, they didn't really punt. I mean, they were going up and down the field. They were running the ball. He's passing the ball. And uh, Jalen Hurts was doing what he normally does. But when they got in the goal line, when they got in the red zone, they just weren't executing. I don't know what it was, but they just weren't executing. And that caused some turnovers. That caused some stops. That caused some you know, situations where they had to get a fourth down conversion. It was just crazy, man. They should have destroyed them, you know. And after they scored on the opening drive, and even on the opening drive, they had to get that touchdown on a fourth down. They had to keep that drive going with a fourth down. So I don't know what it was inside the 20, inside the 30, but they just were not executing at that point in the game, and I just have no idea why. It is what it is. But honestly, I thought OU was going to score that next drive, but then Jalen Hurts fumbled. He was diving or something, and the ball slipped out, and Texas recovered. I'm like, come on, man. If he doesn't fumble, they easily score. 14 nothing. Even with, I know I just said something about their red zone offense. I'm pretty sure they would have found a way to score that drive. They were just rolling. So, but then the defense was great. It was the opposite of last year. I went to the game in Dallas last year, and we couldn't stop anything on third down. If it was third and short, Texas ran the little QB power. We couldn't stop it. If it was third and medium, they ran the little slants. Couldn't stop it. It was third and long. They did whatever they wanted to do, whether it was a a dig or a, um, a screen, whatever. They got the first down. This year was completely different. Third down, they brought the heat, and they were getting to Sam Allinger. 11 sacks, that's crazy. Kenneth Murray, this one play, um, they did a stunt. I guess the deep tackles kind of slanted to another gap, and then they bring either another D lineman or a linebacker through the A gap. You know what I'm saying? Through the other side, through the other A gap, and they were killing them with that. Kenneth Murray on one play, they did that. He split the guard and the center, or it was a guard and a tackle. He split both of them, and he made the tackle. I'm like, that is just beast mode. This guy is really a cyborg. He really just split two giant 
Texas offensive lineman and made a sack. How in the world did that happen? He's a cyborg. That's why. That is why. Um, yeah, I'm not even sure what's the deal with this recording volume, but whatever. Um, we're going to get it. We're going to get it. Um, not worry about that. This guy, man, we should have blew them out. Okay. I only saw three quarters, but that was enough for me to notice that we should have been up 28 to three at halftime, maybe 28, nothing. And a lot of the points they got were just them coming from behind. I mean, we just completely um, dominated up front for the most part. And usually that's what I'm worried about, us up front against Texas. That's always an issue. From going from from 2013 to last year, it's always up front. They always give us trouble. But today, but yesterday, we definitely had the advantage up front. And it shouldn't have been close. But... Hey, we won. You know, we got the we got the hat. It would have been worse if all this happened and we lost. That would have just killed me. Now, what I'm trying to figure out is, was it our red zone offense that was bad, or was it Texas red zone defense that was good? I I really I really want to say it's both because Texas really like locked down in in those situations. They, I really got to get him credit. But at the same time, maybe the play calling could have been better. And I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Um, just got to shore that up could because eventually we got to play Baylor, who has improved, and we got to play Oklahoma State, who always, it doesn't matter how good or bad they are, they're always going to bring their best against OU and it is in T Boone Picking Stadium. So it's not gonna be easy, man. It's not gonna be easy. And Chuba Hubbard trying to run his way into the Heisman, we we, we gotta bring it. But I'll worry about them later. For now we won. Yeah. Now another thing I don't get is how Texas had negative yards of offense and we had two hundred four by halftime and we were only up seven nothing. You know what I understand? I, I get it because I just I just said it pretty much. Um, what I noticed was, well, we had the stupid turnover, and then we moved the ball, and then we get in their territory, and then we slow down. And then I guess in the second quarter, Texas had kind of a long drive, but we stopped them. And then, and then for some reason, you know. We moved the ball again and couldn't get in the end zone. And we were like fourth and goal at the three, and we kicked the field goal. I guess that's how we ended up 10-3 at halftime. This is just unbelievable. Should have killed them. Now, another thing is we need C.D. Lamb on the Eagles. Because this guy, my thing about C.D. Lamb is I always thought he was slow. Nah, he's not slow. This guy is, this guy is fast. He has some breakaway speed, and he's really quick. Like, he, the way he, first of all, get in and out of his breaks, and then the way he, after the catch, he runs, and he's juking people and making people miss. He's electrifying. How he made, he made like five Texas players just look stupid on on that first touchdown. That second touchdown, he was just a beast, too. 
I can see why he would go in the first round. And I will take him on the Eagles because it looks like Deshaun Jackson's falling apart with injuries. Jeffrey ain't going to be there forever. And, you know, he is more electrifying than Aguilar. And, you know, he's he going to be catching him, unlike Aguilar. It's like, no, nah, I'm just playing. We, we could keep Nelly, and we can keep him, and we'd be fine. We got our take a wide side. I'm completely fine with moving on from Jeffrey and Jackson if they can't stay healthy, if they can't stay up. You know, I will take C.D. Lamb. That dude is next for sure. He's a complete receiver. He can do it all. So, I, I mean, I just really love this team, and Texas was the big test. But now, it's not going to be easy after this. I mean, well, we should blow out West Virginia. We should, but you never know. Um, the 26, I don't even know who we play after that. I just know we play Baylor on November 16th at Baylor. Eventually, we're going to have to play Kansas State at Kansas State. We got to play TCU, even though it's at home. Remember the last time. Remember when I went to OU TCU? My senior year, I mean, not my senior year, but my last year of grad school. And how close it was and how it was a fantastic finish. Now, it could be another one of those games, even though we are way better than TCU. It's Gary Patterson. He's going to have them ready to play. But like I said, just like the Oklahoma State game, that is way further down the line. I think we have to play Iowa State at – no, we don't. We played them here. We played them in Norman, which we usually do well against them in Norman. But the last time they were in Norman, they won. Okay, so we got to look out for them. But I think we'll be fine in the Big 12. We, I think we can sweep the Big 12. But then the championship, whoever we play, whether it's Texas, Baylor – who even who else is even in contention? Like I don't even know. Like to me, it's a three-team race right now. Everyone else is loafing. It is Texas, OU, and Baylor. That is it. I don't see anyone else being even close to the Big Twelve championship. I'm sorry. That's it. You know. And speaking of OU TCU in 2015. That was the last home game I've been to in Norman. I mean, you want to say time flies. It's been four years. Four years went by that fast. That That's how fast time goes, which is probably why I should stop messing around because time really does go fast. Four, it's been four years since that happened? That is insane, bro. I had a 36-game attendance streak, home attendance streak. Obviously, that's broken, and I haven't, you know, I haven't been there since, but I'm going next week, OU West Virginia. I can't wait. I went to OU West Virginia last year in Morgantown, and it was great. The only problem was the traffic coming out. We were stuck in that line for two hours. We didn't even, in our hotel, was an hour away. I was tired. I was asleep. I was knocked out. So just imagine if I had drove there. Oh, my God, man. That would have been a nightmare. But, you know, whatever. I can't wait for next week. Um, looking forward to it. OU should win. They'll shore up. They'll um, correct their little 
red zone offense mistakes and whatever mistakes they may on defense. They'll get it together. They'll be ready for next week. Austin Kendall or no Austin Kendall will be ready. So when it comes to the NFL, I have Buccaneers and Panthers on as we speak. It is 17-7 Panthers because Christian McCaffrey is a beast, bro. <laughs> Man, what? He had that touchdown where he hit a spin move and then he stiffed on somebody. I was like, man, this guy is for real, bro. This guy is the truth. Why? I, have, I haven't picked him in fantasy all season, bro. I'm talking about daily fantasy. I messed up from the beginning not picking him in regular fantasy. Because in regular fantasy, I went three receivers. And honestly, it the strategy worked at first. I won my first game, and I almost won the next two. But then it just went downhill after that, especially after my quarterbacks got hurt. But that's why I'm not really a regular fantasy football player. I play daily fantasy. There's a reason why. That this year is a big example why, even though I'm not doing all that well in daily fantasy either. But that's just how it goes. So I'm looking forward to, you know, Dolphins and Redskins. They played the Super Bowl in 1983. Fast forward to 2019, it's the Toilet Bowl. It ain't the Super Bowl, it's the Toilet Bowl. Um, I got the Redskins winning. I'm sorry. Like, it's just, I had them winning all along. I think they're going to run the ball with Adrian Peterson, and then Colt McCoy is going to take shots down the field. I just think they're going to edge the Dolphins. But it's going to be a good game. But it's it's got the lowest over-under. So I'm trying to stay away from that game fantasy-wise, unless I'm picking Adrian Peterson. You know, I'm taking a chance on Preston Williams because, well, um, that secondary is torturable. And if Josh Rosen can get some time, he might he might find this guy, and it's a wrap. So, other fantasy news I got. I mean, fantasy notes I got. So, Jimmy Garoppolo versus the Rams. I didn't pick any 49ers, even though, you know, DraftKings said Jimmy Garoppolo is a good pick because the Rams' defense have been terrible lately. They got killed by Jameis Winston. They got killed by Russell Wilson. But honestly, those guys are solid. Although, if you look at Jameis Winston right now, he's not doing so well against the Panthers. He's really not. Like, he's struggling. He threw damn near a pick six against uh, Luke Keekley. But at the end of the day... You look at that Rams defense, and <laughs> definitely torturable. This kind of goes back to last year. They gave up a bunch of points last year, too. You know? I guess their defense will show up when they really need it. But at the end of the day, I, I couldn't really pick any San Francisco for it now. I, I, don't, I don't trust them, even though their running backs ran for a lot. But then again, Cleveland's rush defense isn't that great. That's one consistent thing. An inconsistent Cleveland team. The one inconsistent, the one consistent thing about them is that they give up a lot of rushing yards. If it's not rushing yards, it's rushing touchdowns. So, yeah, definitely pick whoever. Um, yeah, that's why San Francisco had a lot of success against Cleveland last week. See, I lost my train of thought just like that. 
So whether or not they'll do that against the Rams, I don't know. You know, that's that's up in the air. Now, I completely forgot who Cleveland plays. But it's all good because I picked Nick Chubb. I picked Nick Chubb. So let's hope let's hope he bounces back. I don't know what they were doing last week against the 49ers, but they got destroyed. It's all right. Um, Chris Herndon is out today for the Jets, and Playbook DraftKings said that he would be a good pick because of his camaraderie with Darnold. And I'm like, that's great and all. I was looking to pick him, and then he wasn't there because, well, he was there. He just had a big O by his name saying he was out. That's just great. Oh, well, that would have been a nice value option, but as far as this week, you always can pick Kelsey or Ertz, obviously, or Kittle. Kittle's questionable. I didn't. I stayed away from him just in case. Will Disley, you never even know with this Seattle offense how much they're going to use the tight end. Gerald Everett, I'm sure a lot of people can pick him. He's cheap, and he, he's been getting a lot of targets. I don't trust Jared Cook. He hasn't done anything all year. He's on my fantasy team, but the waiver wire is so bad that I can't even I can't even pick anyone else up. Like I'm stuck with Jared Cook in regular fantasy. So I definitely don't want to pick him in daily fantasy. Um the 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 kid from Oakland isn't playing. He isn't they're on a buy if I'm not mistaken. So that's what you left with. You left with obvious the obvious top people. Maybe you can pick Delaney Walker. I'm not so sure about that. You know, it's Gerald Everett or the big three, which is Kittle, Ertz, and Kelsey. Pretty much it. Now, if you really want to go off the grid, pick whoever the Redskins tight end is because they're playing Miami and almost no one's going to pick whoever's starting for the Redskins at tight end. I feel like I should know who it is. Maybe it's Jeremy Sprinkle. You, you pick him. He'd be dirt cheap. No one's going to pick him. And they're playing the Dolphins. And you got Colt McCoy at quarterback. You know what? I'm about to take my own advice, and I might just go ahead and pick him as soon as the show is over. Uh, Ted Ginn will be open more. I had a chance to pick him. You know what? I might put him on that new fantasy lineup. I'm about to <laughs> I might put him on that new fantasy lineup I'm about to put together, man. Um... Devontae Parker versus the Redskins. I mean, him versus Josh. He should cook Josh Norman. I'm sorry. But how many points they're going to score? I have no idea. You know, Vegas says 41. That sounds about right. Um, I said 41 altogether, both teams, which means they're the Redskins as a three-point favorite. You're looking at they're, – they're probably looking at, what, 23, 20-ish you know, 22-19 type of game. I mean, that's fair. That's fair, you know. That's fair, but we'll see. Houston and KC is a high, is a high over-under. Mahomes is hurt, but it looks like he's okay. I mean, I don't see anything that said he was questionable. I didn't see anything about him being injured, so I guess he's ready to go. I mean, let's see what happens. Arizona and Atlanta's high over-under. Atlanta's defense is 
just not that good. Every, everyone gets points and yards on them. Did you see last week? Houston destroyed them. They destroyed their defense. And Arizona's another pretty good offense, a high-flying offense. They may not have a defense, but for a defense, hey, it's not horrible. But I guess what doesn't help them is on the other side, they got this nice offense but no offensive line to really make that offense reach the potential that they could reach. And it's a shame. I feel bad for Kyler because we're wasting his talent. But that's what happens when you go to – when you're the number one pick and you go to one of the worst teams in the NFL. It's not supposed to be easy, bro. They have to keep building and put people around you. Speaking of that game, Mohamed Sanu is a good pick according to DraftKings because – Apparently, you know, they're going to pay attention to Julio Jones, but I don't think they can stop Julio Jones either. Uh, it doesn't matter. I did pick Mohamed Shanu, but uh, you can pick Julio Jones. If you're worried about Patrick Peterson, does Patrick Peterson even play with them? It don't matter. Just pick Julio Jones. I don't think they can stop him, to be honest. See, I'm, pu- I'm putting together my uh, lineup for the next team I'm going to make. It's probably going to be a free team because I'm not about to deposit any more money this week. So, let's <laughs> just go ahead and pick them, son. You might as well. And this is daily fantasy talk. Daily fantasy. Apparently, New Orleans give up the second most uh, DK fantasy points, DraftKings fantasy points to QB. So, Gardner Minshew is, if you're in one of those big tournaments, Look into picking Gartner Minshew. I mean, he's been solid. He's been solid this whole time, you know. So it wouldn't be a bad pick if you want to, you know, load up on running backs or receivers. He's not a bad pick. And, you know, also, see, I keep jumping around, but also uh, Cortland Sutton been getting a lot of targets versus the Titans. And also Michael Thomas versus the Jaguars. Jalen Ramsey looks to be playing. That means he's going to shadow Michael Thomas. Now, if he shut down DeAndre Hopkins, I think he can shut down Michael Thomas. But he's not 100%. I don't know. You know, I think he can shut down Michael Thomas. We'll see. I I pretty much stayed away from Michael Thomas for that reason. Um, On not daily fantasy, on regular fantasy... I have no choice but to start Michael Thomas. Uh, actually, yes, I do. I can start Cortland Sutton, which I'm literally about to do after this show is over. I'm going to start Cortland Sutton over Michael Thomas. I know last week I benched Michael Thomas and I paid for it, but I just I lo- I like the matchup is even better this time. Like the matchup is even better this time. I think I can get away with. See, last week. I benched Michael Thomas for freaking Miles Sanders. Of course, that wasn't going to go well. This time, I have, like, a more educated, better reason to start someone over Michael Thomas. No, we'll see. We'll see. We will see. Now, my Nats are rolling, man. They've been the best team in baseball since May 24th. I mean, the incredible run they went on. 
the week before the season ended, we weren't sure they were going to make the playoffs. The Cubs were a game behind them. The Brewers were a game behind them. And the wild card, we weren't sure. But at the end of the day, I was like, it's going to be Nats and Brewers. I, w- I had been saying that since August when the Brewers came to town to play us in a, a three-game series. I was like, it's going to be Nats versus Brewers in the wild card. And we're going to play it here in D.C. I said that. My friend Emily, who's a Brewers fan, she kept saying, oh, nah, we, we're going to win the division. We're not even going to be in the wild card. We're going to win the division. Not only did they not win the division, but then they had to come to D.C., like I said, and they had control of most of the game. And then late in the midnight hour, my man Soto with the hit, man. My man Soto with the hit heard around the world. Got to Josh Hader. When they put Josh Hader in the game, I was worried. But we got him. We got him. We got him. We got our four runs. Um, then we had we had Strasburg in relief. And then we had uh, whoever closed out the game. I want to say it was Doolittle. It was Hudson, I think. Yeah. And then we closed out the game, and then we was off to L.A. When it came to L.A., I didn't really say we are going to lose, but I wasn't really sure we was going to win either. I was just, just waiting and seeing. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't going to sit up here and say we was going to lose. Lose game one. Howie Kendrick had an awful game. Okay, fine. All right, if I know this team well, how this team been playing lately, they'll be back. They win game two. Cool. Now we got a series. Now I'm really believing we lose game three. I was like, okay, we're going to win game four. We win game four, and then I'm like, game five, I'm up in the air. I know previous history says, oh, okay, we're going to lose. We're, we're going to lose. We always choke in game five, and it's against the Dodgers. We choked in game five against them a few years ago. I was expecting that. I was kind of expecting that, but on the other hand, I was like, this team is different. This team is just not it's just different. They just doing things I've never seen any Nationals team do. The way how they had my back in Philly when I was with all these Phillies fans, Phillies fans was dom- Phillies was dominating the game and then they came back and then in the ninth inning Soto hit that home run and and just took the energy and the air out of the out of the stadium. They was like Okay, can you just show the fireworks now? I I raised my hands up in the air. That was just crazy. Or how the Nats had my back against the Brewers when we were struggling against them in front of Emily. And we beat them, and I got to brag with Emily. And then we beat the Brewers again, and I got to brag in front of Emily. So it's like, man, they've had my back the entire season. They've been clutch the entire season when – that just winning eight in a row. You win eight in a row to get in the playoffs and to host a home wild card? Are you serious? Bro, y'all don't realize, man. They've only lost two games in three weeks. I think it's been two, three weeks. They've only lost two games in three weeks. They're up 2-0 against the Cardinals. Because the pitching has been amazing. Usually this happens to us. Like, where our bats calm down, whoever 
pitch against us in the playoffs, usually the one that's doing good. And this time, our starting pitcher pitching is just, they're at their best. Scherzer is shaking off his slump. He killed the Dodgers. He killed St. Louis. So now, I guess we have Strasburg starting game three or game four. I like our chances. We're going to be up 3-1 going back to St. Louis. I, I like our chances to take this damn series. I said off the air, I told nobody this, but I said Nats and six. But the way this team has been going lately is probably going to be Nats and seven because it always it's always drama with this team. But just when you think they're going to choke, they come through. That Howie Kendrick grand slam against the um, L.A. Dodgers was one of the most epic D.C. sports moments I've ever seen. It's right up there with Kuznetsov. It's right up there with um, John Wall hitting that game-winning shot and jumping on the table. It's up there. It's I mean recent D.C. sport. We don't have to go back to the Redskins of the 80s, uh, none of that crap. But recent sports history, Nats, and, and D.C. sports things and moments, that's up there. That's up there. That's up there. Jason Wirth, uh walk-off home run. Man, look, bro. That Howie Kendrick grand slam to put us in the NLCS is probably one of my favorite D.C. sports moments ever. I don't care. We'll see what they do. They're up 2-0. What I'm scared of is them dropping two in D.C. That would be just awful. But I'm not going to claim that. I'm not going to speak that. I truly believe they'll either sweep or go back to St. Louis up 3-1. I would love a sweep because then we won't have to worry about anything. And then I could start making funny little videos of me uh, with a broom sweeping the Cardinals up. You know, just like Moon said on 106 in Park. Hey, security, call maintenance. It's time to sweep her up. <laughs> Woo! All right, man. Now, the Caps are underway. They they beat St. Louis in St. Louis while they were raising their banner. I'm so glad they beat them because it was they um they took our crown. You know, they ain't forced we take it from us, but we lost to Carolina and then they took our crown by beating Boston. So, I was like that game was a little personal and we took it in overtime. Then we lose to Carolina in overtime again. And we had the lead, just like the playoffs. We had a 2-0 lead, just like the playoffs. Deja vu. Deja vu, man. I can't stand the Carolina Hurricanes. I'm tired of them. That's okay. We'll get them. We'll get them. Don't worry about it. We'll get them. We just beat the Stars, which is good. We just beat the Predators, I think. We were winning when I checked. We probably won that game. I'm going to look at it. Whatever. The Wizards are starting. They split with the Knicks, whatever. They'll probably split with them in a regular season, too. Um, They beat the hell out of some Asian team. Gung Zhao, something. They were doing an American tour. They were going to get pummeled by every team they played. Whatever. I'm pretty sure the Wizards destroyed them. Um, I can't wait till IT comes back. 
Then we'll we'll see how we really playing then. He has some freak hand energy. I said energy. He has some freak hand injury. I don't know what's going on, but man, we don't need any injuries with the Wizards. We're already like lacking. We don't need any injuries or anything. I think um, Hachimura is gonna play more of a role than I ever thought he would, and. You know, we'll see how good of a pick that is, you know. We'll see. And the Mystics, the Mystics won it all, man. Finally. Fucking finally, man. I knew, I knew we could get to this point once we got Deladon. The moment we got Deladon, I was like, oh, this is great. And it turned out to be great. Even though she wasn't really that much of a factor in the finals, she was hurt. He's battling injuries. So we really needed Tolliver and Cloud and um, Atkins to step up. And they all did. And you know who really stepped up? Emma Misaman. Now, y'all forget, before Deladon, Emma Misaman was, she was our girl. She was our leader. She was the best player on our team. So, you know, she returned to that form in the WNBA Finals. And she's pretty cute, too. Um, but for real though, like she stepped up, the whole team stepped up. We showed why we were the number one team in the WNBA. Of course, I was saying this at one point, and of course, a lot of people were saying this. They were saying, oh, y'all only won because Seattle was hurt. Man, whatever. Whatever. If Seattle wasn't hurt, I mean, would they have gotten past Las Vegas? I think they would have lost to Las Vegas. Now, in the future, you need to look out for Las Vegas. They're going to be back with a vengeance. And we can't stop Liz Cambridge. Cambridge. So, that's... But, you know, we'll worry about that later. The Mystics won the title. I'll take it. I'm so glad they won. It was a long, dragged-out series that should have been over in three or four games. But we won. And I'm happy. They had a little celebration. And why the hell would they make the celebration? During while I was at work, it was from two to four. I had to work. Of course, I couldn't go. And then Howard Yard Fest was yesterday. I definitely couldn't go to that because I had to ref. Now I did play flag football before refing. Wait, 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 wait. When was Yard Fest? I usually can't go to Yard Fest. Damn it. Kanye West was there. The baby was there. I probably could have stopped by and still made it to my game in time, but I didn't do that. Oh, well. Oh, well. I miss Howard homecoming four years in a row. Eventually, I'm going to go. And one year when I go, I'm going to be the main attraction. But for now, I need I want I want to experience it. Uh, I don't have to get caught up in lust and smash a whole bunch of chicks and stuff. I'm not good at that stuff anyway. You know what I'm saying? I'm not. I'm just not. So it don't have to be like that. It don't have to be a lustful experience, but just experience the culture and everything that comes with Howard Homecoming. It doesn't have to result in me getting pussy. That's what I'm worried. That's what I'm worried about having to that's what I was worried about all those years is damn. If I go to a party, 
damn, I'm gonna be so out of place. Y'all, y'all, I'm not even getting no numbers. Y'all, y'all, that's what I was thinking subconsciously. But there is so much more to Howard Homecoming. It's insulting to think of it that way. And you know what I'm saying? The main thing, I'm a sports guy, so the main thing I want to do is go to the football game. But I couldn't do that today. Yesterday, there's too many there's too many choices. Well, I chose the refer game, but you had that game. You had McNamara St. John's, who McNamara got killed, by the way, 45-7. to But that game was over years ago. That game was over before it even started. Yeah. With recruiting. Just saying. Um, you had OU Texas, which was my second choice, if I had the chance. Then you had that. That was my last option. So, whatever. You know, I'll go one of these years. I'll go one of these years. And maybe I'll have a wife with me by then. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not. Well, those who did go to Howard Homecoming, I hope you enjoyed and I hope, especially, I hope you got to see Kanye. <laughs> Kanye and Kim were in D.C., and they were at Yard Fest. That's crazy. That's insane. Now, I know some folks, man, some really pro-black folks, which I understand. I understand, man, because Kanye is a Trump supporter. You know, you boycotted it because you don't support anything that supports Trump. But I just, when it comes to seeing Kanye live, I, I just got to put that aside. I'm sorry. I got to. This this brother is too talented. And this kind of, this trend he's on in, in making gospel music and just his creative genius right now is something I really need to keep track of, especially when he got this album on the way. So I would have, if I had a chance to go, I would have went, I had no idea my cousins were going, but whatever. That's what happens when you don't reach out to folks. That's what happens when you don't keep in contact with folks. They do stuff without you, and that's fine. That's fine. I probably couldn't go anyway because I had a busy schedule. I mean, it's all right. It's okay. Well, I'm out. Peace. Yeah. Thanks for listening to another episode of the GOAT Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.